Hi friends, thank you for tuning in to the first episode of Let's Roam There podcast. I'm Michelle Peters, and today I'm being joined by a very special guest, my brother, Arthur Peters, who is the fire life and safety director for a reputable hotel brand in New York City. I invited my brother to the show to provide insight on how his hotel is keeping guests safe. His information is a little on the technical side, but I think travelers should hear this information as it may provide a better understanding of how hotels are run on a daily basis and why it's so important to follow protocols during the check-in process and overall stay. So stay tuned and I hope you enjoy this episode. Listen, I'm ready like Freddie and I'm always rocking steady. So Oh my oh my goodness. Just got to show my little rapping skills from the BK all the way. <laughs> all right. Well, as you can see, my brother got jokes. So we're going to try this again. Hello, everyone. Welcome to my first episode. This is episode one of Let's Roam There. And I have a special guest. I have my brother with me on the show today. And he is actually on the show because he works in hospitality. And I wanted to bring him on to give his perspective about what's going on in the travel and tourism world um, in this age of COVID-19. He is in New York City. He lives in New York. And I wanted to just bring him on for him to explain what's going on from his perspective. So please introduce yourself. And for the sake of this this episode and because... um, where you work is not sponsoring this episode. I don't want to, um, I guess, announce the name of the hotel you work for. So I don't want to bring up the hotel's name, but I just want people to know that you do work in a hotel. You, you are in hospitality. And I wanted you to just give some insight on what's being done at your particular property in terms of keeping the guests safe and um, introduce yourself and tell us exactly what it is that you do. All right, my sister, CL. <laughs> um, for everyone else out there listening, my name is Arthur C. Peters Jr. Wow, they get the whole government name. I got the whole government name pronounced and announced, but my spiritual name is Jeremiah Bay. Okay. Okay. All right. Right. So. Go on. Yes, tell us mm-hmm. what uh your 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 um position okay and what exactly you do on a day-to-day basis at your now I just want to say this you do work for a very you work for a big hotel brand very um, rep- this, yes yes this brand actually has over 500 hotels worldwide yes um they're a global brand, a, a, a global brand of full service hotels so mm-hmm. you're not just working at a boutique hotel or or um or, a smaller scale or, brand or, this is actually a global brand exactly it's not a roach motel and it's not a motel <laughs> 6 either <laughs> it's not a okay all right hotel <laughs> motel you know all right well I'm tell us mention, then I'm tell- not gonna mention the name but no but, okay but uh all right First and foremost, um, I am what is called a fire and life safety director, the acronym FLSD. Right. And 
I am certified by the New York City Fire Department. Okay. In which I am like a liaison between the property that I'm working on and the fire department. Right. So, basically, my job, which there are many, many functions of my position, but the main position or the main job or function is to um, respond to fire alarms that may be activated on what's called a fire command station. And I have to respond expeditiously mm-hmm. upon any alarms and, you know, acknowledge the alarms, check the, you know, for where the alarms are coming from because it could be multiple alarms. Right. And then I have to, you know, make an announcement if, in case there's an evacuation that's necessary. I have to activate what is called a fire brigade team that I train. I help to train. I select mm-hmm. and train those right. individuals who are interested in being the eyes and ears of the property. Right. Because once I respond to the fire command station, I have to remain there throughout the duration of the event and when the fire department does arrive on location. So I can't just go upstairs to the floor where the alarms are coming from. I have to remain at that fire command station. So these fire brigade members are my eyes and ears. They are dispatched. They're activated to wherever the floors of the alarms and they tell me they communicate with me what's going on and i commu- communicate to them what should be done a right. fire department arrives and then upon the arrival of the fire department then they are relieved of their duties and they report back to me and i give them any other directives or instructions in, in case there's an evacuation that's required Right. So for your particular position as um, an FLSD, that is something that is mandated. It's required for all hotels within New York City. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. um, Hotels and commercial buildings. Right. So people who are traveling, they really don't know what is going, what, what happens, you know, behind closed doors, so to speak, Mm. what really happens and and what needs to be done in order for that hotel property to to be safe, you know, for for them to sleep good at night. Right. And um, and even now from the COVID-19 perspective, there are things that your property is doing to make sure that safety is number one and that this virus isn't spread um, within your property. So. From that perspective, what are you guys doing, whether it's your department, whether it's guest services, mm-hmm. hospi- um, uh, you know, housekeeping, just housekeeping. Right. what exactly can you say or you're at liberty to say um, without getting too technical or, right. you know, giving us information that that shouldn't be public. But what can you tell us that's being done on your property and that you feel other properties are doing which is just standard protocol for other properties to do to make sure that uh, guests are safe when they, when they arrive. All right. Well, that's a very good question. Now the answer to that is uh, first thing, any um, incoming um, guests, when they arrive, they will see signs posted on the Mm -hmm. outside sliding doors. Um, indicating that all guests must wear masks. Mm-hmm. 
and to social distance at least six feet apart. Right, which is which has been going on for months now. Yes, right. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that, that's the first thing they see upon their arrival. Now, right. me, I, I I speak for what I do. Now I'm posted in that um, ground floor level. So when these guests arrive, I'm the first person they see in right. all likelihood. And I'm wearing my mask at all. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, you do have individuals. They see these signs and they still are not complying with the masks mandate. Right. Right. And so I remind them upon their arrival, excuse me, sir, excuse me, ma'am, um, do you have your masks? Right. And if so, can you please put your mask on right away mm-hmm. before you go any further into the building? premises and for the most part i get cooperation but of course you're gonna have some some um some people you know was, you know i was gonna say another word but no with, with this, the i but you know we run in the pg-13 show, show I here know, i know <laughs> <laughs> that's why i caught myself sis <laughs> but uh but it's, it frustrates me because these individuals feel that they should be exempt from the rules exception of the rules and I tell them listen you're not exempt just like mm-hmm. the personnel of the property is not exempt we all have to be in compliance with the map right. right and six feet social distancing so all right once that hurdle is clear then they you know they go into the building they're going to see some more signs saying for like the elevator occupation is recommended mm-hmm. only no more than three four individuals Right. And one right. elevator car, you know, to spread spread out and right. try the social distance as much as possible. And mm-hmm. then when they arrive to the front desk, their barriers, their glass, plexiglass barriers mm-hmm. that, that's installed at the front desks. So there's a barrier between the front desk agents and the guests. Right. And there are um what's called stanchions or these velvet ropes. Right, yeah. They're, I remember those, right, they, yeah. <laughs> they also, yes, they're also being utilized to keep six feet apart right. from that front desk to, you know, the um, line. Right. Now, but, well, I know you. You're yeah. very by, a very by-the-book person when I'm it comes to, yeah, when it comes to your, to your job yes. and, and what you're there to do. So when a guest when when guests arrive, are they um, th- now? I haven't been to New York since this, you know, the COVID virus mm-hmm. has you know happened. So I hear mixed, you know, I get mixed feedback from people where they're saying, well, some places they're asking for information when you're checking in, and some some places they're not mm-hmm. requiring for you to you know give information when you check in. So when people come to your particular property, do they have to let the front desk know that they're coming in from out of state? What what information is needed mm-hmm. when they come in now? Even now, with what they say with the surge, because I. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm thinking, I think I heard in New York, they're saying that the cases are spiking again. Yeah, uh, yes. And, so, um, you know, the property where I'm working at, the protocol for that is that they go by the states that are on the travel advisory 
list. Right. Which is almost the whole damn country, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. So. And I think in L.A. now, too, they're, they're, they're experiencing another lockdown, another lockdown. in L.A. Yep. So, yeah. And, it's, and, uh, and it's going to become more restrictive lockdowns for what I hear for yeah. California in particular. Mm-hmm. Right, but getting back to NYC in this in the property where I'm at, um, any guests that arrive, they have to show their identification, and mm-hmm. it's from a, a state that's on that list, that travel advisory list. Yes, they have to fill out a form, a contact tracing form, with all the pertinent okay. information. You know, and do you know if this is something that's being done in in every hotel brand in New York or is it just you know certain hotels that are requiring this information just from off the top of your head can you well, can you say if that's standard up in New York City right now well, or I'm, I'm speculating from the particular brand that I am you know employed by I, I believe that all of the properties under this particular brand have the same uh, protocol okay when it comes to um, you know, identifying travelers from out of state on, okay. these, on these lists. So, uh, so that's what happens. And now they're saying that if a person refuses to comply, mm-hmm. they will not be allowed to check in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now they will not be allowed to check in, and then they will be asked to leave the property immediately. Right. Right. All right. So and I just want to say. Sure. I'm sorry sure. if I cut you off. Sure. I just want to say, mm-hmm. while I'm not at liberty to just to say which particular hotel brand you work for, mm-hmm. it's best to assume that all of, if not all, many of the hotel brands up there are following the same protocol. If you're not, you know, submitting the information that they need, most likely they will not check you in. That's correct. So, yeah, correct. I'm just using your your example just as insight for people to, you know, if they do decide to travel to New York City, mm-hmm. to check with their hotel, go on the website, place a phone call, talk to someone there and find out what it is that they require before check-in so that they don't get to their destination and mm-hmm. they're turned away. Yes, yes that's, so, that's a very wise suggestion. Right, right. Because I would hate to get up there and then... and. You know, some people, you know, reality of it is a lot of people don't want to wear their mask. They feel like, you know, you know, whatever the reason is, they just don't want to wear it or they don't want to give additional information. Right. Um, and that's fine. But if, if you want to stay at a, a property, that's, you know, that's what you got to do. That's a requirement. And, and, yeah. And you know what? I've had incidents with individuals who want to be belligerent mm-hmm. so to speak and I just tell them I said listen sir ma'am consider this being an airport mm-hmm. what are you going to do if they tell you when you go to the security checkpoint what are you going to do you're going to tell them no right you're not going to comply okay. with any um, directives regarding right. to safety but you haven't had too many cases of people resisting or you having to escalate it to um, having to call 911. There were a couple of incidents where I had to actually call 911. Yes. But okay. as far as like any personal 
you know, physical harm. Mm-hmm. Or I've been blessed by, you know, the good Lord above mm-hmm. that that has not happened. You know, for everyone that's listening, you know, I've been doing security for 32 years. Right. Long time. And I've been doing the fire. And now with the fire, it used to be fire safety director. But then just the past two or three years, the New York City Fire Department, New York City Fire Department has um, enhanced our training to now to be involved with active shooting and medical emergency scenarios and situations. Wow. So that's additional training that I had to undergo. Right. And and it's also what's called EAP or Emergency Action Plan. Mm-hmm. So that's another phase for a portion wow. of this line of work that I had to be trained in. So just a brief overview of what I'm explaining about is we got you got what's called fire emergency mm-hmm. and non-fire emergency. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, fire emergency, that's self-explanatory. Right. Okay. Fire, smoke condition. Okay those type of incidents. But then you got what's called emergency action plan, which is considered non-fire emergency. So that will mm-hmm. consist of um, examples, biological, chemical, right, um, natural disasters, um, gas leaks. So the training for for your your particular position has evolved. It's evolved. It's become more intense. Yeah, and it, because naturally of the times that we're living in, too. Yes. You know, so you have to be prepared for just about anything. Just about anything now, and uh, yeah, yeah, especially in <laughs> in a big city like like New, New York, York city. city. I mean, this is the, <laughs> the epicenter of the world. Right. Okay. So, it truly is. And you it know that. Let me say, you know that you from New York City too. So you know, holla. You know, represent. You from Brooklyn. Just oh, like I me. miss. I miss home so much. Okay. You don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, I truly do. I mean, listen. I mean, listen. There are times you want to get away from New York City. That's a given. But still. Yeah. You know. Once a New Yorker, always a New Yorker. And that is so true. Yes, and so, and, 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 you know, I haven't been on a plane since January. Right. And so, you know, um, I think for many of us who love traveling, it really has hit us, yes. you know, hard. And, and I think a lot of people didn't realize just how emotionally draining this whole process has been just from March through now is just, at, at least for me, I can say, it's just been, it's been taxing on, on me yeah. emotionally. Cause you want to get on the plane and I love Miami. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've been roaming around and I've discovered a lot of things about South Florida that I never knew because when you're working, right. you, you really don't have time to, to be a tourist right. in your own city. That's true. Um, you know, but with not being able to travel, I was forced into exploring South Florida and I've learned so much in places that I didn't even know existed. Mm -hmm. You know, I found Mm -hmm. myself and I was like, wow, you know, I didn't know this place was here. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's, if there's, if, if, if there's one thing that I can say out of, out of 
being home and not being able to travel and, and with this virus is that I think for a lot of people, they've just learned so much about their city that just they didn't know before. You know, they were forced to explore their own city and they learned so much about it. And, you know, that's true for up here in New York. And, yeah, believe, you know, I've been relegated to New York, New Jersey area and believe it or not, right. same thing. I've I've learned some things, too. <laughs> right. Right. So, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know about. So, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess when you look at it from that perspective and that's why I started, you know, this 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 podcast, because. I feel like, you know, I, I con- I'm connected to a lot of people on social media and you you get to learn a little bit about them through their photos. But, you know, it's also good to have a conversation, you know, right. with with the people you're connected to on social media and learn some new things about them, their perspectives and things of that nature. So, That's correct. you know, I'm, I'm happy you were my first guest. Oh, and I, because... I, I am privileged and I'm privileged. <laughs> my brother is a trip he has so much information to share so i am definitely going to have to bring him back on the show um thank you so much again for listening if you have any questions comments concerns if you just want to say hello please leave me a message and i can incorporate it in my future episodes so until the next time stay curious and stay safe